I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up guys? It's your host Jamie Messina. It is Pride Month and we're coming at you with coming out stories all month long and today we have LGBTQ Christian therapist Molly Down Stoller. We talk about um, coming out uh, basically after living a life um, that was solely against who she truly was and how, how that affected her coming out as a Christian coming out as a lesbian and and meeting her future wife and how she navigated that also coming out later in life and you'll get to hear that from her today but first if you haven't hit subscribe yet please go ahead and do that and if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes that you hear please consider going over to Apple iTunes leaving us a five-star review that's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people Um, also keep it on your radar we have end of the month we're doing a live event um the 29th of June at 8 p.m. Eastern. I will have more information on that, but just uh, keep that on your radar. Keep your your slot open so that you can join us. It will be a live event. So far, we have myself, Jamie Filer, and um, a few other people that will be joining us, specifically talking about coming out and Pride Month. We'll have uh, prizes and and a bunch of different things, so um, just put that on your schedule. Now, let's get to it with Molly Downs Stoller. All right, everybody. Today is another day of coming out stories for the month of June, and we have Molly Downs Stoller, who um, is a marriage and family therapist and special. I'm going to let you kind of describe your specialty, (laughs) if you will. All right. Um, Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Uh, My name is Molly, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, and I specialize in seeing people, um, queer Christians, for uh, individual therapy. I sometimes do groups. Um, So people who have kind of grown up in the church either knew they were gay or figuring out that they were gay and then kind of struggling with their faith and sexuality and kind of helping people walk through that journey. And I yeah. uh, mainly work through the Christian closet. So I'm excited to chat with you today because I feel, especially when coming out, like that's adds such a an, an extra layer if, you know, mm-hmm. the beliefs that you had growing up and, and all that. So let's just get right into it because there's going to be a lot of questions that we have here. Um, so tell me a little bit about before you came out, what was your life like? Yeah, so I my non-coming out. So... Basically, I grew up in like the suburbs of Denver and I didn't have exposure to any gay people, didn't really have the language. I grew up in the Catholic church, so there wasn't like not really an emphasis. So I didn't grow up knowing or thinking that I was going to go to hell or that it was wrong. I really just never thought about it. 
So then I started going to a Southern Baptist church at the end of high school, got really involved in the evangelical church all the way through my 30s. So from like 18 to 38. And that's where I was told it's a sin. It's not okay to be gay. I really believed that it was just either trauma or everything opposite of what I believe now. But I was told that, you know, that's something you can overcome. You can kind of pray away the gay. Uh, I now know that's not true. And I do not believe that, but that's where kind of the world I, I lived in. Um, you know, some people like my wife, she knew she was gay from the time she was born Same. and that, yeah. So, so with you guys, you knew, and then maybe you didn't even come out till later, but you at least knew that wasn't really my story. And so I'm kind of one of those later in life lesbians who didn't even realize until my thirties. Oh, like this is a thing. Um, and looking back, I think it's just cause I didn't know myself very well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't given that opportunity to kind of do this like self exploration. Um, really, you know, I was, I was given these rules that I had to follow through the church and anything outside of those was wrong. So I just didn't really know myself. I didn't trust myself. I was told that, you know, your heart is deceitful. And, um, and so looking back, I can see, you know, I wore guys clothes. I wore plaid. (laughs) I played softball. I have yeah, like short nails, you know, all the, which are all fine, even if you're not queer, but you know, some of those stereotypical, I had a crush on girls. I loved Shannon Doherty from 90210. (laughs) Thought it was just a girl crush. Um, Mine was Gwen Stefani. Oh yeah. She's a good one too. Uh Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Um, so looking back, I can see all of that, but I just didn't give myself permission or didn't have the permission and the space to think about that. So I tried to date guys and it never worked. So that was kind of the, the pre, um, pre coming out. Didn't even think about it and was kind of on the opposite side, which kills me now, but didn't tell my story. It was definitely, Mm -hmm. I was anti, I was the, I was the Christian that was kind of saying, no, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. Um, so yeah, so, you know, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I started. What changed that? What was the catalyst to change that? So I met my wife, my now (laughs) wife. So Uh we worked together and the first day we worked together, I thought she was so pretty and so cool. And I went home to my roommate and just told her like, oh my gosh, she's the best ever. We had so much in common. And she had told me the first day, oh yeah, I'm a lipstick lesbian. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're like the prettiest lesbian I've ever met. Well, she was like one of the only once again, didn't have a lot of exposure in my world, um, to, you know, to anyone who was gay. So I met her and I was like, plus she's just really cool, really pretty. And then a couple weeks later, I was like, Oh my God, I want to kiss her. Oh my gosh. That, Oh my gosh, she's a girl, like kind Mm -hmm. of flipping out. And I flipped out. I went home again to my roommate and was like, I don't know why I can't stop thinking about her, blah, blah, blah. And she was kind of like flirty back. And I was like, I don't know. She's just being friendly. Maybe she has a crush on me. We've been married almost for six years now or five years. So together six. So um, that was kind of what it sparked. So I was 38 
So before that, I was trying, thought I wanted to date a man, tried to date a man. Um, when that happened, it was because I didn't really know before. I didn't really have a, a, a like tangible. I didn't say like I'm lesbian, I'm bi, I'm whatever. I was. Her name is Sue. So sometimes I say I, I, I was saying I was Sue sexual because <laughs> like she was it for me. So I think. Um, you know, for anyone who's listening that maybe has discovered this later in life, like, oh, I think I'm attracted to, you know, same, same sex. Um, I think it's okay not to have a label because it took me a while to be like, what, what, what am I? I know I'm attracted to her, but I've always kind of liked men. And so um, I just like to give people permission to not have to have a label if you don't know. Um, yeah. and that's okay for sure what did your roommate say when you went back and they're like uh I want to kiss her she's very uh she's a therapist as well so she just listened yeah and just held that space for me which was really great she didn't say much her dad um is gay also so I knew she was a safe person he came mm-hmm. out like when she was in her 20s um and so yeah so I knew and that's one of the reasons I think I chose her probably unconsciously is because I knew she was a safe person who wasn't going to judge and wasn't, and she is a Christian as well, but wasn't going to like preach at me or debate or tell me I was wrong. She just really sat with me. Um, well, I just processed all of it. Awesome. Um, so like what happened next? <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> so really awkwardly, I asked, I asked my, you know, now wife, if she, I said, are you, are you, I was very uncool. I was like, do you just have a lot of friends that are girls or, and she goes, yes, I have friends that are girls. And what I was trying to say was, are you just being really friendly with me? Are you flirting with me? Because I have feelings for you, but I said it in the most awkward way. And she (laughs) said, I like you too. And I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. Um, and it just, I, you know, I just head over heels fell in love with her. I did. When I met her, I was like, oh, this is what everyone's talking about and love songs and then everything. I just never had experienced it until her. And I was like, yep, there it is. That's what I've been looking for. So, um, so that was so wonderful and everything. So as far as coming out, I, I like to use this analogy and it kind of helps explain my story a little bit. And I have to give all the credit to my lovely wife, um, of a ladder, a coming out ladder. So, you know, there's lots of different steps when coming out, right. Especially in who to come out to when. And so she was like, look, you can start with the safe people on the bottom rung and then go to the next person and the next person. And if it gets too scary, come back down. Like you do not have to go to the top of the ladder and shout on the top of the mountain that, you know, you're gay. You can, that's awesome. Or, and, or both, you can take one person at a time. And so that was really helpful. So I started with like my roommate, then my sister and another friend who I could trust. My, my older sister wasn't, I don't think she was surprised. She was kind of like, you like Sue, right? Like, and I was like, (laughs) how do you know? Um, So the couple people you'll have that reaction, like, yeah, we knew, or 
Um, so that was my bottom rung. And then I went to my mom and my younger sister and I wasn't sure how they were going to react. It was a little bit iffy, but I was so excited too. So I was just like, I wanted to tell them this news. Um, I did have to drink a glass. I did it with a glass of wine. Um, and just like blurted it out. But my mom had the best response and she was married to my dad for 36 years. They were just so in love and he died uh, almost 12 years ago now of colon cancer. So when she lost him, she goes, you know, Molly, something I learned is, you know, if you find love, who cares who it is, you grasp that and you hold on to it because she had experienced that. And she said, ever since your dad died, that's, you know, love is amazing. And just who cares? And she had met Sue and was like, she's super, she loved her too. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. So, and she didn't sound surprised. So. Wow. Well, so they, they had some inklings. I think, I think so. (laughs) My younger sister though was like so confused and was just like, but you've liked boys, but you've always dated boys, but you've liked boys. She kind of got stuck. And I was, so one thing that I've learned though, is to let everyone have their process, right? Like she needed some time to be like, huh? Oh, like totally caught her off guard. My mom, not surprised and was like fine with it. So it really is interesting because everyone's going to have their own process and and it's hard, but I think it's important to let them have that process. Yeah. And at one point I wanted to be the person that was checking in with my little sister and being like, how you doing? How you doing? You doing okay? Like, um, and I had to let that go and just be like, she's just going to have her process. And I mean, she's fine. She's, she, she loves me and my wife and everything. Her, um, she, her husband is a worship pastor at a church. Um, and I don't know if they necessarily biblically agree with us, but they love us and they always have. And so that's really, um, what I've felt from her. Um, yeah. So what happened, like, with your church stuff when, when all this was happening. Yeah. So that was my next rung. Oh, so the next rung up the ladder, up the ladder. And that one was scarier. And, you know, to go back to my ladder analogy really quick, some people have like a really like a step stool and it's like two people. Okay. We're good. That was easy. Um, or some people have like an extension ladder and they may, may never get to the top. Um, or you go up and down. So my church was probably where I went up and then came back down. I told my pastor and my pastor's wife, who was my best friend, and it was not a good reaction. Um, They sat me down, told me um, that I was sinning, that I should, you know, flee, turn around, quit my job, never see her again, and really looked at it as a sin and a temptation. Um, I've, I've lost, you know, I had to, I, I left my church. I no longer talk to my church friends. Um, and that was really painful. So there was like this beautiful side to coming out. And then there was a really painful side that had a lot of grief. And I know a lot of people that I talk to, you know, my clients, it's kind of that similar thing. I'm so happy. I'm so free. I'm so myself. And this is so hard because I didn't have family that, um, you know, kind of left or, um, but I had, I had church and some of my clients who grew up and they were homeschooled and their parents will no longer talk to them. And they're kind mm. of, you know, left, they're no longer part of the family. It's extremely difficult and extremely, um, painful. 
Um, and sometimes those family members come around and sometimes they don't. So my, um, my church family has not come around. Um, you know, so I've, I've separated from that and, you know, I used to think that way. And then when I met my wife, I started to really like pray about it and think about it and dive into the Bible and be like, we got this wrong. The translation Mm -hmm. is so not what I've been taught. And I had never really looked into it. I just trusted my pastor, which, yeah, which you should probably look on into it on your own, but that was one of those, you know, just do what the pastor says and the church says, and don't think for yourself. So when I started to look into it, I was like, we totally got this wrong. It has nothing to do with, um, you know, me and my wife's, uh, relationship. It's about gang rape. It's about pedophilia. Do I think all of those homosexual acts are wrong? Yes. Uh, I think those heterosexual, you know, hetero and homosexual, you should not do gang rape, pedophilia, or, you know, all of those violent um, crimes. And that's really contextually what I think the Bible says. That's my quick (laughs) two second version of the translation of the Bible. So that's where I came to the conclusion. The other thing is that I felt so good with her and I only saw goodness come from our relationship. I I didn't want to follow a God who said, look at this beauty. Look how you guys make each other stronger. Look how, um, you know, beautiful this is, but it's a sin. So you need to leave it. And I was like, no, I I think God is love. And if God is love, this, he's going to support this. It also, the church also makes it sound like you're going to, you know, go down this like horrible path. I don't, I never felt wrong. Like I know when I do something wrong, like if you're going to use the word sin, like I know when I'm doing something that I shouldn't do. And I've never felt that way with her. And so that's kind of what internally changed my mind of like, no, I think he is totally fine with this. Yes. Um, so that was kind of my journey with like the church I'm still a Christian, but it's very different. It's not um, about rules or um, you must do this. You must do that. This is the only way um, it's much more broad and much more um, unknown and uncertain, which can be scary, but I feel more free and closer to God than I ever have. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. I'm sure there are a lot of number one later in life, lesbians listening, but maybe also people who are in the church and who feel this guilt or that they can't really truly be who they are. um, What kind of like guidance or suggestions can you give to them on, you know, following their truth and who they, you know, love inside, but also don't want to disappoint um, a higher power? Right. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, I think getting support is huge. If, if that is you, Um, Even if you're not a Christian anymore, but that's the world you grew up in and probably still have some of that internalized homophobia, Um, you know, listening to other queer Christians, like there's some podcasts that I can send you and you can put in the notes, Queerology. Um, I can only think of Queerology right now, but there's a lot more and to follow um, some queer Christians who have done some of this work that really helped me. Um, so the Christian closet, you could get a therapist. We are all like came from a Christian background and there's like 15 of us that are therapists now. 
Um, so getting a therapist that understands those two worlds too, just to even, and we're not going to try and change your mind one way or the other, but just to help talk through some of that. And like mm-hmm. I said, like you have to, there's boundaries that you're going to have to set. There's a lot of grief um, in that. And there's a lot, it's, it's scary because you've been taught one way. So there really is this, but what if God doesn't love me? Um, so another book I wanted to recommend is called unashamed Mm. and it's by Amber Cantorna and it is a coming out guide for LGBTQ Christians. Nice. So this has been one of the first books I read. She goes through some of the Bible verses, but then she also goes through what you need in order to come out. Um, her parents pretty much said, you're no longer a part of the family. Give us the keys to the house. You're, you know, so she had a very drastic cutoff from her family. So she, this is helpful in saying when you're ready to do this, when you're at that step in the ladder, make sure you're financially okay. Make sure you have a support system. If your church was the only support system you had, we got to get you some more people to cheer, you know, to be there if your family does and your church, you know, um, no longer supports you. So the, those are in the Re- Reformation Project, Q Christian Fellowship. There's some really good organizations out there that can help you and also kind of help you dive into the Bible and maybe to change some of the, at least to see a different perspective. Um, and that might be a good place to start. And that can be scary as a Christian because you've been told this is a one way you have to think this way or you're not a good Christian or God doesn't love you. So it's a little bit scary to even go, let me just listen to a podcast of a queer right. Christian. Um, but those are some good places, I think, to start. Yeah. And we, so you definitely have to send me over all the lists of resources yes. and we'll put them in the description for anybody that's listening. Um now, earlier we were talking and, and you were saying like the different ways to come out. Do you want to kind of touch mm. on that? Yeah, I've, I've worked with some, a, a lot of people who, um, you know, kind of think that you have to do, you have to come out in a certain way. You need to go down and have a sit me down with your family, have a face to face. Especially, I don't know, I don't, maybe it's not just in the Christian world, but I feel like there's this like honor your mother and father and you need to be do it. And, and really what I want to, what I encourage people to do is you can come out however you want to come out, whatever is the safest. And I'm sure you tell people the same exact thing. You know, you can text your family, you can email them, you can snail mail them. If people don't know what that is, it's send them a That's letter in the did. mail. You did? Yeah. Yeah. It's totally. Yeah. Um, you can tell them on the phone, you can tell them in person, but you do whatever is safest and whatever boundary you need to put into place. Like, like for you, I'm interested. Yeah. Like was, was your anxiety high the, the, like the two or three days it was in the mail and then didn't know when they were going to receive it. Uh, Yeah. I was sitting by the uh, mailbox with the letter with my friend and I'm going, and she just snatched it out of my hand and threw it in. I was like, oh, <gasps> I wasn't ready for that. But I was like, lived in downtown Boston and my home where my parents lived was just like 15 minutes outside it. So they literally got it the next day. Oh, and gosh. then my yeah. dad hand delivered a letter back at my door. 
Oh, and interesting. it was a very nice, so I didn't wait too long, Oh, but I, yes, that's I was nice, very, though. uh, anxious. <laughs> for that. And that's interesting that your dad responded in the same way. So that's actually a good thing to think about. Like if you text your parents, maybe they'll text you back and it doesn't have to be, or you can ask for that too. I don't want to talk about this on the phone. You know, if for now we can talk via text to kind of see where they're at. Like your dad had a good reaction. So it's like, okay. My mom, not so much. My dad wrote me a letter back. My mom did not. (laughs) And we hadn't, and we didn't open that communication really. We never really, uh, it was, I only remember the good part, which was my dad's letter. (laughs) Mm, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though, that how it can parents definitely process it differently. So I'm glad you had a good a good yeah, experience. And she, she came around. Yeah. yeah and I don't, it takes time. Yeah. You know, like everyone, and what you said earlier about, you know, giving people the space to process theirs, you know, we can't just expect mm-hmm. to tell them this big, huge change or about us and just them be like, okay, some people can. And they, but mm-hmm. like, for example, my mom um, grew up with a lesbian mom during the fifties and sixties. And that mm. played a part into why she didn't want this to follow through her. She had her own stuff going on and I needed to give her that yeah. space to work through that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's sometimes hard to do, but I think it's important to say, yeah, they've got to kind of figure this out and even maybe grieve what they thought their child's life was going to be like, and that's yes. okay. And then they'll, but they can get to acceptance. The other thing I like to tell people as far as like, you can text, email, send a letter in person, but you can also just tell them the information and, and say, this isn't like a up for debate. We're not going to sit here. I think especially a lot of my Christian clients are worried their parents are going to sit there and they're going to have to debate like the Bible with Mm -hmm. them, which you're not going to win on that one. And so you can also say, I just wanted to share something with you. Um, I'm not really wanting a discussion, but this is something about my life I wanted to share. And then, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, And maybe later we can go back and talk more about it because that feels a little more safe going into that than, well, let's talk about the Bible now. And even if you're not a Christian, even if your parents like, well, I disagree, I don't want this. It's like, well, I didn't, you say that in a nice way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't asking for your opinion. I was letting uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that I've had a lot of people go, I can do that. And I was like, oh, hundred um, percent. And get a support system. Like you had a friend there with you helping you put the letter. So get people, you know, at the bottom of your ladder cheering you on and we'll like catch you, you know, and we'll be there. So yeah. So those are kind of the things that I, the, some themes I, 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 I realize in my life, but also give permission to some of my clients as well. So let's talk about just how are you now? Like you seem to be like so Mm. happy in your relationship. And even though you lost some of your, you know, church family and stuff like that, um, like what is the outcome of of it all? Oh, it's been wonderful. And that's where I want to encourage people, you know, who haven't come out, who feel like they can't come out or it's just not the right time. Um, I know pride is wonderful and we can celebrate and everything, but it might be hard too if you're not in a space where you can come out yet and be free. But I want to encourage people that is a, it is a process. It's a journey. Just take even one step at a time 
because I feel more free and more myself than I ever have. I now am able to trust myself and, um, you know, have this beautiful relationship. Um, the people that I've lost, it's okay. Um, you know, like I, they weren't necessarily the healthiest friendships anyway. And I've built new support systems and I just, uh, my, I love, I love my life. Um, you know, when talking about coming out, it is that process. You would probably say the same thing where you can't, you have to come out over and over again. You know, that is a process where sometimes it feels like we're constantly doing this. And, you know, I have to say my, no, not my husband, my wife. Um, and you have to figure out when that's safe and whatnot, but, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I think it's totally worth it. We were having this discussion last night. We were, I was with some people, um, just having some dinner and we were talking about how coming out is an, an over and over again thing. And for me, after I cut my hair and kind of just fell into like mm. dressing a certain way, it's been a lot easier in the sense I don't have to come out as much as uh, I used to when I looked more feminine, more feminine. <laughs> people just assume now. And I'm like, yeah. And I, and I assume they know. <laughs> yeah. You that's know? kind of nice. Cause I look more probably feminine my my wife has short hair even though she's like total lipstick lesbian but yeah that's true they kind of do assume so yeah it's it was easier for me yeah Mm, interesting or even the way that um I would talk men would talk to me at like bars like in the past when I had longer hair if they didn't know they hit on me and then if they did know they would still say inappropriate things and then mm-hmm. when I cut my hair now it's like I'm more like their buddy you know what I mean yeah that it's does a help. whole different game when your hair oh, is different how- that's so interesting uh I never thought about that hmm. yeah. yeah a little easier yeah, it, it, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, well, all right. So any like final words for maybe some people that maybe they're on the first tier of their ladder and, you know, they have this Christian background like you did. Um, what's some words of wisdom, advice, support that you could share with them? You know, I think that taking it slow and going at your own speed is really important and making sure you tell safe people first to get some good experiences and get some practice even under your belt and do your research and just there, you know, and you don't have to necessarily come out on social media during pride month all at once. Um, you, you can do that. And that's beautiful when people do, but I just don't compare yourself to other people. Um, and yeah, get some support. If you're a Christian, maybe do some reading podcasts, um, you know, get some other voices in your head. If you've been in the evangelical conservative Christian church your whole life from, you know, day one, you have a lot of your belief system is just ingrained. So it's going to take time to kind of unravel that. And it's not going to be overnight. So it's okay. If part of you still thinks you shouldn't be gay, part of you does. And so it like, it's okay. It's going to take some time to get rid of some of those beliefs that maybe you don't believe in anymore. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, what I do as a, a coach or neuroencoding is there's mm-hmm. a lot of things we learn when we're young that are basically ingrained in there and we get to unlearn them as we grow and have new experiences, but it does take time. Mm-hmm. It does. And that's the thing. It takes time and don't beat yourself up. If you still have those 
beliefs or thoughts. Like they've been there for a long time. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're doing some work. We're going back. It's okay. But mm-hmm. enjoy the process. It's exactly. Nice process. Yeah. And reach out for help like me or you like to get some support of someone who can, has walked through it and, and knows a little bit more, maybe. Um, I love the neuro coding. So it's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there are things you can do with your nervous system when, when you are aware mm. of your own triggers or your own internal homophobia that come up that you can do to kind of start that process of unlearning that. Mm, mm-hmm, totally. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's, uh, I thank you for sharing your story. I think it's super powerful. I think a lot of people not only can relate to um, the Christianity part, but also like later in life, lesbian, just kind of trying mm-hmm. to figure out like what how did I live my whole life this way? And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. So, well, thank you for having me. And I really, I appreciate it. And happy pride month. <laughs> you too. You too. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was Molly Downs Stoller. Everything that we talk about in this episode, you can find links to the different podcasts or books that she suggests um, in the description, in the show notes. So check that out. And I will be back again soon with another coming out story for the month of June. Happy Pride.